super excited to have a week off. I'm glad that it's, uh, it's springtime. I always love the springtime. And I'm so glad that time change is a week in the past. You know, and I'm crossing my fingers it never happens again. And I know that's, that's not true. But, you know, I hope it just never happens. I hope it just like, you know, something just changes instantly. I hate the time change. But that's a thing in the past. So let's move forward. Uh, real quick, this Saturday, we are going to have uh, a work day in our future community garden. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last week. You know, we're going to try this year to have a community garden. It'll be our first year, and we know that year over year it'll grow and get better and better. But this year we're going to try our first attempt uh, out here in our field uh, on this side of the property. All that's zoned agricultural already, uh, and so we're going to try to get a community garden going. going. This Saturday we're going to have a work day at 10 a.m. Uh, this Saturday we're going to have a work day to get things kind of ready and, and prepped for our plant day. So we're going to have a plant day. Uh, Sunday, April the 10th, in a couple weeks. We're going to do baptism on Sunday, April the 10th. Then right after baptism, we're going to do a picnic and plant some stuff in the garden. So this uh, Saturday, we need to prep the, the ground a little bit, prep the soil. So if you'd like to come and help us out, we'd love to, uh, to have you. Christina, would you mind just standing for a second? Christina is heading up our community garden project for the most part. So if you have any questions, uh, you can see her. She'll be here this Saturday. Uh, and, and so we thank you so much for all you guys have already done and are going to do. So, uh, but it's, a, it's definitely a, a church effort, all right? It's a church family effort. We're all in this together. So uh, no one can do this by themselves, that's for sure. This Saturday, we'd love to see you. Uh, like I said, water baptism the 10th. We'll do the plant day the 10th. And then April 17th is obviously Easter. So we'll have all kinds of fun Easter things planned for the kids. Uh, if you are new this morning, we do have connection cards. They're the yellow cards in the seat right in front of you. And each week, we kind of look at our life and think, what is my next right step with Jesus? And we use that connection card to apply the message to our lives, but also to communicate with one another. If you have any prayer requests whatsoever, we would love to be praying for you. Uh, we would love to just know what's going on in your life. So we'll go over the connection cards at the end of today's message, but that's what those are. Also, giving is online pretty much at vinetrustful.com. If you want to give uh, to this church family because you believe in it or being faithful to Jesus or whatever reason why you want to give, you can do that online. But we do have generosity envelopes here in the room as well. There's a little resource table back there by the coffee or, or by the uh, sound booth. And then we do have some of the coffee counter as well. Also at the coffee counter, we have the sign up for the community garden again. So if you'd like to just sign up and tell us what you uh, are able to, to give towards that, uh, you know, uh, whether you have, if you have materials or if you have time or whatever, however you want to get involved, you can do that there. I am super excited this morning because uh, I asked someone in our church family a month or so back, a couple months ago, uh, if he'd be willing to, to give the message one Sunday. And he said, absolutely, let's figure it out a time. So today's the day. Today's the day. Uh, would you guys welcome Bobby with me this morning? Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. It was so good to see you. And I didn't know this, but my wife, she's really sneaky. I'm just going to tell you. She had a lot of our friends show up today. So I actually have a fan club here. So uh, I will need help, by the way. So uh, you got to help me preach this message. Um, I'll tell you, I, I, don't, I don't do this a lot, um, and so I covet your prayers this morning. So if you would, as I pray for you, will you pray for me? Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this day, Lord. And today, God, you've appointed a place in time to share the word of life here in this building, Lord, to the body of Christ that's present today, Lord. And God, you know the preparation that you've 
You, you told me expressively to do, to go through this preparation, Lord, in preparing for this day and for this moment, Lord. And I've done that, God. Out of faith, I've done that. Now, my prayer is every heart, Lord, every heart that hears the sound of my voice is prepared for your word. And through faith, God, it will spring up and bring a wellspring of life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. And uh, I want to start out by saying that um, the past couple of months has been kind of a difficult journey for me. Um, ever since I talked to Pastor and I committed to do this, I have to step back a little bit and share why I didn't want to do this, but how I'm always willing to do this. Um, this is not my strength. It is an absolute weakness for me to stand up and talk to others. Um, I grew up in a very abusive home, and that's kind of tough as a child. I got to catch myself here, and uh, it's very difficult to speak in front of people when you grow up in that situation, so it's always been a weakness of mine, but what the enemy meant for harm, God is using for good, amen? I had three amens. Amen? Um, so anytime I do this, I, I, uh, I have all these doubts and, and, and all these questions, and the enemy comes in and attacks. But um, I, don't, I don't think there's many times where I've said no. I've always been willing to say yes. And uh, so I said yes to pastor, uh, a yes that I wanted to say, and yet, you know, I've been battling ever since, saying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to share with the church on March the 20th. What do you want me to share with those that will be there? Because I can't, I can't share, Lord, just some academic approach to Scripture. That's not what, I can't do that. I want to do that, but more so, I want the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit there. I don't want this to be a cranial event where people are stimulated intellectually, but walk out of those doors. And that's it. I don't want that, Lord. I want something more. We want encounter. We want transformation, God. And that's what I've been praying about and fasting about. And God, in all of his mercy, gave me zero outline today. So that's another reason that it was difficult to approach this day because I felt restrained. And I don't know if you've ever felt restrained by the Holy Spirit, but I could tell you it's not a comfortable place to be because you want to do something, but he's not letting you do it. Paul, when, he was, when he, his desire was to take the gospel message into Asia, the Holy Spirit restrained him, the Bible said. He couldn't do it. He wanted to do it, but he couldn't do it. I wanted an outline. I'm a person that likes to be prepared. I'm a systematic thinker. I want a boom, 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 three-point lesson. Let me share that with you. God would not give me that. And when I tried to put it down, he confused me. <laughs> I could not put it down. So I said, okay, Lord, it's your day, and I'm just going to stand in the gap, right? God looks for those who have a willing heart, who are willing to stand in the gap. And I used to have, um, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. But he's my spiritual father. And he used to say this saying all the time. And he really imprinted this in my heart. He said, 
Don't expect a miracle unless you're in miracle territory. If life is comfortable and safe, why would you ever expect a miracle? You don't need a miracle. But when things get tough, the children of the Lord get down on our knees and we start crying out for help. When it's beyond us, we start crying out for help. When we're in that miracle territory and we start crying out to God because we're in a situation that's above and beyond what we could handle, you can expect a miracle. God's put me in miracle territory today, whether I liked it or not. He said, you're going in. And he did give me a seed, okay? How many know the seed is the word of God? So he did give me a seed to go with today. And I'm thankful, Lord, that you gave me that seed because I know it's going to do something here. But I was driving to work, so I got a story for this. And I was caught up in worship. Yes, I'm driving. I'm paying attention to the road. But I'm worshiping as well, you know. And uh, when I really lock into the Lord and I start worshiping, I get very emotional in my worship. So anybody driving by me probably thinks, oh, no, what happened to that guy? You know, he's, uh, he had some bad news today. No, I'm, I'm having some good news, having some good times. But when I looked up and I looked at my dash, I have this little, uh, I have a clock and I've got the temperature and I've got how many miles that I can go on the fuel that I have in my tank, right? So I look up and on my dash, it's 68 degrees outside and I got 68 miles left in my tank to go. And God said, that's your word. That's the seed. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. That's your seed. That's what I want to share. And I said, well, I don't even know what that is. So uh, I got a chance. I looked it up. So that's where I want you to go today because I'm going to start out with, with God's word. We're going to read Isaiah chapter 6. Not all of it. It's quite a lengthy chapter. So, in the year that the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. His train filled the temple, and above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With twain, he covered his face. Twain, I'm reading, reading King James. For those of you that aren't as astute in, the, in King's English, which I am, twain means two. So each one had six wings. With twain, he covered his face. With twain, he covered his feet. And with twain, he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Verse 6, Then one of the seraphim unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from, with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath, 
hath touched the lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. In verse 8, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then said I, here I am, send me. So Isaiah lived about 700 years before Christ was born, and I think we're all pretty familiar with Isaiah 53, where there's a lot of prophetic uh, scripture about the Messiah. And uh, so Isaiah was a prophet, and he was called to the nation of Israel in a time when the nation was spiraling out morally. And it came, there came a time where that cup of iniquity was filling up. And soon after that, we see the whole picture now. We couldn't, they couldn't see it then, but we have the, the vantage point of looking back at that time. And we could see that in the end, they did not turn back to the Lord. And then they went into captivity through Assyria and then later Babylon. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, um, interesting, but the Dead Sea Scrolls, right, which were found in, you know, 1940 or something, I may, maybe I have that date wrong, one of the, the only book they found fully intact was Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. Now, this is pretty amazing because it's 25,000 words long. I've counted every one of them, by the way. 25,000 words long, I haven't. Um, they dated that manuscript to uh, 100 BC. So I only share that with you to share that those, those uh, messianic prophecies were written 700 years before Christ and this manuscript was written 100 years before Christ. Evidence, right? If you needed some, there it is. So let's look at this scripture here. Um, the first part of this scripture, we have this awesome side of the Lord in his temple and his holiness, right? This is, a, this is an image of holiness that we see God. And I, I really don't think that our human minds quite comprehend what holiness, what, what, how, what holiness is. I don't think it's possible, right? So if, if, if sin is on the far right, then holiness is all the way to the other extreme. I went the wrong direction here, right? Holiness. His holiness is so intense. The light that comes is so brilliant. There's a glory, right? There's this kabod that the Bible says. It's glorious, and there's power in that. God's holiness is who he is. He's never sinned. He doesn't know sin. He has no sin. His holiness transcends him above time and space. He doesn't, he, he doesn't live. He exists. That's why our human minds can't comprehend it. Because God is holy. I'm just giving time for the Holy Spirit here, guys. I want to make sure I don't miss anything. Okay. Um, when God created us, 
The Bible says in Psalms 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So I really want you to grasp this concept for a second. Fearfully, what does that mean that we are fearfully and wonderfully made? A couple of years ago, there was an article in a local paper here about a, I think a North Alabama man, but maybe he's from uh, Talladega. He had served in the United States Air Force. He was an explosive ordnance disposal technician, if I got that correct. So his job was to disarm bombs and munitions. Now, who signs up for that job? Who, who goes and says, yeah, I, that's me? Some people are created for things like this. So that's his job. And he tells a story how in 1960-something, he was stationed right outside of an Air Force base in North Carolina. And in the middle of the night, literally, his phone rings. And on the other side of the phone, they say the broken arrow is in distress. Well, that's code word. He knows what that means. So he gets dressed, darts out of his home, goes to the base. There's a helicopter there waiting for him. While in the helicopter, the, the general inside of the helicopter with him begins to tell him what's going on. There's a B-52 flying fortress coming up the coast of North Carolina that has given a distress signal. It's going down. It's on fire. It's carrying in its cargo two thermonuclear hydrogen bombs. These bombs are so powerful, they're 250 times more powerful than the bomb that was dropped on Nagasaki. And the plane is going down. And so by the time they're in the air, the plane has already crashed. There was no stopping. There's nothing they could do. So when they got to the crash scene, his job was to help locate these bombs and disarm them. And so he tells the story how one of the bombs, you know, the parachute opens on the bomb in an emerging situation like this, and it actually floats down. So this one actually landed in a tree. So he tells the story of how him and other ordnance technicians carefully carefully pulled out the wires and cut the wires to disarm this bomb. Nobody knew about it. It didn't go out on the news stations. It happened in the middle of the night, that close to complete disaster. Hundreds of thousands of lives, if not more, would have been killed. But can you imagine, we have a nervous system, right, in our body that God has designed in, in the, we have a flight or fight system, right? When we're feeling endangered or we're in a situation, our senses go into overdrive. Your eyesight, your, you know, your vision, your, your thinking, your sense of touch, your sense of smell, your hearing, everything goes into overdrive. 
can you imagine him disarming this bomb and how much adrenaline is pumping through his system as he's disarming the bomb? How carefully they're doing this. That's what the word fearfully means. You are God's masterpiece. The ultimate of his creation. When he made us, he didn't just speak it. He was intimately involved. All of his senses, all of his creative power to create you. The focus, the intention, that's what that word means. It's powerful, very powerful. The other thing that God created when he created us was he gave us a soul. And this is, this is pretty important to know. Your soul connects you to your shell, and your soul also connects you through your spirit man, right? Your soul is kind of the interface. When God created man, he breathed in him the breath of life. And the Bible says he became a living soul. So that soul, your thoughts, your heart, your emotions, you're constantly battling with information that's coming through the world, through your flesh. And when you're saved, the Spirit of God. And you're trying to think, who will I believe, right? Will I believe my flesh man who's telling me this? Will I believe the bad report I got from the doctor? Will I believe my situation that seems impossible? Or am I going to believe what the Spirit of God is telling me right now? Just wait. Just wait. God has empowered us with his Holy Spirit. And I think that's a key for our living here. But one of the things about the scripture, I'm going to transition to a second point here. As we see in the Bible, there is two parallels to this. There's a very similar situation in Revelation chapter 4. In Revelation chapter 4, you have six angelic beings, and they're crying out day and night and night and day, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And they never cease to stop saying that. It parallels with this. Those voices, the angelic beings, speaking, in this case, the words that they proclaimed shook the temple. Did you catch that? It's really subtle. I stopped and asked my wife to think about it when I saw this. I said, hey, what does that mean? It says, and the doorpost moved at the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. The foundation of the building shook. You see, I believe, I believe what God is telling us is he's shaking the foundation right now. He's saying, no more will I accept this, this, this head in the sand Christian. No more. No more will I accept that. It's time for my army of warriors to rise up. And the Lord says, arise and shine, 
for your glory has come. And, and the Lord is coming. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. God's glory is rising. It comes through us. God has always chosen man to go through. He's always chosen man. In, in the Bible, God says he's looking for someone to stand in the gap, to make up the hedge so that he can show mercy, right? He's always chosen us. Now, I can't tell you why, but that's how he works. He's always chosen man to go through, to represent him. In this story, we see the seraphim, which are making a proclamation I believe that's symbolic of what we need to be doing right now. We need to be declaring, declaring God's word. We need to be proclaiming, proclaiming righteousness. Why is that? Because in Matthew, Jesus tells his disciples after they ask him to teach us how to pray. And we know the Lord's prayer is there, right? And in that, he says something. That will just kind of skim right across your mind if you don't stop and think about it. He says, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What, what does that mean to us? I had to stop and think about this. I don't have a prop for this, but has anyone ever siphoned gas? Okay. I have not. Well, I tried it once, and I got a mouthful of gas. Okay. I got a mouthful of gas when I did that. So I don't recommend it. Don't try that at home. Only if you're in desperate <laughs> measures. Gas is very expensive, by the way. Don't do it. But I had a brother growing up who was always devious, right? And, uh, you know, when the parents weren't there, he had a motorcycle, and if he had to ha get some gas in it, he would go to one of my dad's cars out back, and he would... And I was always amazed. You know, I tried it once. It didn't work out for me. I got a mouthful of gas. But that process of creating that pressure, pulling that fluid out, pulling it out, you fill the fluid all the way up to the end, and then you cap it off, right? And now you've got a column of fluid in this pipe. When you drop that fluid down, well, there's a weight to fluid, right? It there's a weight to it. Well, that weight, through gravity, pulls that fluid out. And anything that's connected to that column, as it goes and it falls out, it gets pulled out with it. And that's how a siphon works. Similar to a straw, right? You suck it up and it goes out, right? You create the pressure. We are the siphon. We are the siphon. You know, we, we want revival, right? I, can't, I don't think I've ever met a Christian who didn't say, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for revival, Bobby. I am ready for revival. When I see the world in a spiral morally, when I see my nation and my government being deceptive, when I see mainstream media being deceptive, when I see the governments of the world deceiving people, the church, I know who the Spirit is, and I know the answer to it all. It's not a kinetic war. It's a spiritual war. 
The answer comes through us. We have to be the siphon. We have to start praying. You see, God wants revival too. He's promised it. In James chapter 5, he describes an early rain and a latter rain. We're in the last days. There's going to be a latter rain. What does that mean? We're talking about the Jewish harvest season. It rains from October all the way into March, and then the ground softens, and they plant the seed. And then you go through the long summer of growing, and then at the end of the harvest comes a heavy rain. And that, that helps the crops grow just a little bit more before harvest comes. We are in the last days. The harvest is here. We have to pray and place a demand, not on God. God's already set it aside. He wants you to demand it. He's already put it over here. He wants you to start placing a demand. You know, the, the principle of supply and demand. The supply is already here. You just have to put a demand on it by purchasing something, and then you got it, right? Well, God's already supplied all that we need through his Holy Spirit. It, the Holy Spirit. And he says, place a demand. And it's not just praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It is decreeing it. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Your righteousness, your peace, your joy. Let it come through me. Let it come through others around me. Let it come into this community. Let it come into this nation. Let it spread throughout the world, Lord. We need you. We have to get hungry. We have to get desperate. We have to get like Jacob. You know, Jacob, when he was, his brother was coming and he was headed back home, he is facing off with his brother in this mighty army. And the Bible said that he wrestled with an angel that night. He wrestled with the angel. You know, Jacob means deceiver. And he had deceived his way and usurped his way to take the father's blessing. He knew that. That always worked on him. He was a deceiver. And I believe as he was wrestling with an angel, that he wrestled with who he was. And he said, God, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not going to be the same person in the morning that I was at tonight. I can't live like this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. God, I got to have you. I can't face off on another day, and I can't face my brother without you, Lord. That's what I said when I stood here this morning. I said, God, I refuse to do this if you're not with me because I can't do this through myself. I got to have you. And that's the demand we have to place. God is thrilled to be a part of your life, to transform you, to fill you, to pour out of you. Okay, I promise I'll bring this in for a close. There's one more thing I need to talk about. Well, two more. One is know your position. Know your position. In John chapter 1, we see 
that God gave us power to become the sons of God. That word for power is the word exousia in the Greek. It means authority. Do we have anybody that's in police force or um, fire service? Well, in the police force, when you see somebody that's got a badge and you're driving down the road, what do you do? So then, I respect the authority, right? You respect the authority. That's what that word means. God gave you authority. And in Ephesians chapter 1, God said that he wants to reveal to us this power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, where he is seated now at the right hand of the throne of God, and he has placed all things underneath him, all principalities, all rulers, spiritual and physical. Everything is under his feet. He has ultimate power. And then in chapter 2 it says that we too are seated with him. God has seated us there. We are the body of Christ. On this earth, we have authority, spiritual authority. And we have to begin to use that authority. We have to begin to call things out which are not yet seen, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If I want something, if I want revival, I can't see it out there right now, but I'm willing to become Elijah, and I'm willing to pray and pray and pray, and all I need to do is to see a cloud, a cloud the size of a fist. I know God is faithful. I know this is his heart. I know he doesn't want lost people to die and leave this earth without him. I know that. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter, chapter 1 that when we raise our petition to God, we know that he hears us, and if it aligns with his will, we already know we have what we've asked for. It's God's will that none should perish. We need to pray. We need to make declarations. We need to be the siphon. Our world needs us. God needs us to stand in the gap. He wants us to stand in the gap. That's the call. See, Isaiah was called to stand in the gap. Isaiah was called to speak those things that people didn't want to hear. Isaiah was called to minister to the nation. God is saying to his church, I've called you into this special hour to minister to the nation, to draw the kingdom of God in. The kingdom of God is at hand. It comes through us because we're citizens of that kingdom. That's where we're at. Can you bring that up? So I want to close with this last thought here. This is a really expensive and fancy prop that we purchased. It cost a lot of money.
you really have to use your imagination. I told you you're going to have to help me preach this message. Okay. Can you guys see that? Okay. Imagine that this twine here goes on forever in that direction and goes on forever in that direction. That represents eternity. This tape represents the beginning of time right here when God said in the beginning. This right here represents it's over, it's finished. He's done with this. Okay, I've got a piece of fiber from this twine. The thickness of this fiber represents your life from start to finish. God could have put you here. He could have put you here. He knew you before he created you. He's placed you right here, right at the end. That wasn't by chance. God does nothing by chance. This is the call. Thank you. I don't know if ever you've ever done a relay race. But if I was coaching a relay team, I would put my fastest runner at the start and at the finish. I would make sure when we came out of those blocks that we were winning that race as much as we could. And then at the end, I've got my best runner at the end. And that runner is taking off. That's you. You were God's best runner. He selected you to be in this part of the timeline. We are at the end. Does anybody doubt that? We are at the end. We, and this is what God is saying, I'm calling you. I'm calling you to use your gifts, to use your talents, to use your skills, to use your voice. I don't need your strengths. I just want you. I just need you to share my love with someone around you. I just need you through the kind act of something, giving, helping, praying, to go minister to somebody that's in need and tell them about my love. I just need you. Calls for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I did my best today, Lord, to stand in the gap and to share the word that you gave to me, Lord. And I pray, God, today that that word of life, the seed, the seed of God, the word of life, was planted into the hearts of everyone who heard this message today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'll hover over that seed, and that seed will grow 
and bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Continue, Lord, to put a burden on our hearts for the lost. Help everyone in this room and everyone that hears this message realize that it's our time to step up and to be part of what you're doing. Give us the words to say, to pray, to declare. Help us to rise up as the Lord's army and to fight this spiritual battle, Lord. That's what you've called us to do. And I thank you, God, now because the word of God shall not return void, but it will do what it was meant to do. In Jesus' name, amen. God, as we were listening to this and just thinking about, you know, talking about what's our next right step with Jesus. Uh, on the back of the connection card, it says, this week I will. What's my next right step? And I kept thinking about that picture of the cycle. Thinking about that, you know, let's say it's a garden hose. You know, you have the, the car gas tank, and then you have your motorcycle. Uh, you're trying to get gas to, and then you have that garden hose, which is the siphon. Well, the siphon doesn't work if it's not connected to the gas tank. The siphon doesn't work. The, the hose doesn't work if it's not full of what we're trying to pour out. And then it doesn't work unless it's connected to something else. So as I begin to think about, well, this week I will. What's my next right step with Jesus? You know, for you in here, maybe your next right step with Jesus is to get connected to God. That even though we believe, even though we follow, uh, or you know, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, maybe you, you have confessed that and, and you are quote-unquote saved and you're going to spend eternity in heaven. That doesn't mean you're actively connected to God in this moment. And then, as Bobby read, you know, God said, who shall we send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Sometimes it takes us saying, you know what, I'll go. Okay, God, I'll go. Like Bobby was saying, we, the supply is there. God is there, and he's ready for us to, to connect to. And then all we have to do to then pour out his grace, his love on other people, is stay connected to God and be willing to say, I'll go. Ah, here I am, God, I'll go. You can send me. So, this morning, as we think about what is my next right step with God, what's that next little step, not that giant leap, and, you know, we want to see people come to know Christ, we want to see thousands, we want to see, you know, hundreds and thousands, we want to see revival, but for you personally, what's just your next right step? Maybe it's to, it's to connect with God. Maybe you've been connected to God, and you've been, you're filling up with God, but God's saying there's these people around you, and it's time to you, for you to go and share what I've given to you to them. Maybe that's your next right step is to do that. So uh, if you have your connection cards and want to fill those out, we'd love to be praying for you. That's why we fill these out for one of two reasons. One, we say this week I will do this because then it gives it legs. It gives it actions. Like, you know what? When I was sitting in that service, when I was with the family of God, and I knew that God spoke to me and said something to me, so I'm going to write it down. So it gives action step to it. The second reason why is our prayer team prays over these. And so uh, if you write anything down on here, then we're praying specifically for your faith journey and where you are and what your next right step is. So uh, these can, they go in the boxes on your, in the back uh, on your way out. I want to thank Bobby again uh, for sharing with us today. That was awesome. It was wonderful. Would you stand with me this morning? All throughout 2022, we're going to end each Sunday morning uh, with reading our theme verse for the year. So our theme verse for this year is Matthew 28, 20. So can you guys read it out loud with me? 